All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy DJ Cyclops, and I'm back with another edition of After the Music Stops. And we have a special guest all the way from California. I love her because I, I, I just met her. But I'm going to let her introduce herself to the world. Go ahead. Hi, everybody. My name is Jessica Lois. I am a LA-based songwriter, vocal producer, producer, and overall, your favorite Black girl making pop. Hey, and she's modest with what she just said. <laughs> she told me the other day, she is the female version of DJ Cap. And I said, yes, because we don't have a lot of female versions of him. We don't. And not just DJ Khaled, but, you know, Zed, uh, Calvin Harris, the whole that whole group of people. Um, there's not a lot of us, if any of us, really, who are women, who are household names, who uh, who who fill that space. Exactly. Exactly. So let the world know who you are and how you became. I, I don't know. I just love your energy. I'm so sorry. I oh, love your energy. <laughs> like, uh, let, let the world know who, like, like I said, who you really are. So I am super like an open book in that I'll answer almost any question. Um, but I'm always, I always have trouble when people are just like, tell me about yourself, just open-ended stuff um, versus specific questions. But I guess I could try um, who I am. I am Bill and Yolanda's daughter. I am Tiffany and Jordan's sister. Uh, I've been playing music my whole life. I um, started playing piano when I was five and then I took voice lessons after that and then I went to a music college and got some music degrees and you know I, I'm kind of a full service gal. Like I, I know a little bit about a lot of different things musically. I know a lot of it about a few things, but I think I'm a pretty dope songwriter, but I know enough about production to kind of get a message across with that. I know enough about engineering to speak to engineers. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of, I, I love music and I, I love the creation of music. I love the collaboration of making music. And I'm really excited about this project I'm working on now, which is such a collaborative project. It's an album that's coming out um, in, the, in the next few months that's really, really collaborative where I'm writing and producing on all the songs, but it's all different singers. And so it's been really fun to work on that. Gotcha, gotcha. So let me ask you this. When did you fall in love with music? Mm, what a great question. Definitely, probably before I could even remember, but when I was very, very young. So sometimes people ask, you know, what are your influences? And I tell people that my influences are, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of a, a mixture of these three things musically. The first is R&B from the 70s and 80s. And so, you know, Prince, Shaka Khan, Earth, Wind & Fire, Stevie Wonder, like that whole group of people, mm -hmm. um, because it's what my parents loved. And so, you know, when you're a little kid, it's like, don't touch the radio, you know, that's for grown folks. And so that's so much of what they were, yeah, that's so much of what they were playing. And I, I was so in love with the harmonies, the vocal harmonies and like the chords they would use and the arrangements were so complex and yet so accessible. And it was, it just felt like very big music. Like it felt very expansive and like there were whole worlds being created within songs. And I really love that era of R&B. Um, and then the other influence, which is kind of my, <laughs> my musical DNA, I guess, is 90s pop. 
you know, I'm a nineties baby. So Britney Spears has hit me one more time or baby one more time was the first CD I ever bought. And so I love that Max Martin um, sound that dominated radio in the nineties. And, you know, similar to, even though it's so different from seventies and eighties R and B, both of them are very big, you know, like nineties. It's, it's somewhat, it's sometimes it's a little cheesy to go back and listen to some of the stuff from that era, but they were going, they were shooting for the fences. You know what I mean? With the production, it was big. It was meant to be, Hey, pay attention. This is, you know, this is something you that really is supposed to grab you. It, It wasn't a vibe. You know what I mean? It was, it was supposed to be coming with some fire. And so that really resonated with me as a little kid. And I used to, you know, jump around on my bed and listen to those songs and sing them out loud. And then when you asked me, um, when did I first fall in love with music? It was definitely as a young child because I was listening to, you know, whenever I was allowed to have the radio be what I wanted to listen to, it was 90s pop. My parents were inundating me with 70s and 80s R&B. But then also I'm very much a Disney kid. And so the third thing that kind of makes up my musical DNA is all the music really of the Disney Renaissance, but honestly, all of the Disney music in general from all of those amazing animated classics. I mean, when you go back and listen to them and now that I'm, you know, have the piano chops to play some of those, some of those Disney Renaissance movies, like they're low key jazz. Like if you, (laughs) if you listen to um, part of your world from the little mermaid, like the chord changes that are being used there are so beautiful. And they're so, again, it's this idea of like creating entire worlds in one song. They're so expansive and I love the arrangements and I love that there's, I think uh, that the Disney music really inspired my love of arranging and being like, okay, not only are the music and lyrics great, but how they set this whole thing up to be really, really exciting and fun. And all of a sudden someone will say a vocal line and there'll be a little flute going do 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 like just for that one part of the song and it never comes back. Um, and I think all three of those, I wanna say almost musical pillars that I'm standing on of 70s and 80s R&B, 90s mega pop and Disney music the common thing they have in them is that they're very intricate, but very accessible, but also very, the goal is to go big, you know, and that's the kind of music that I strive to make now is music that, again, it's not a vibe. It's not like, oh yeah, you can just put this on and chill. Like it's music that's designed, at least I hope, to grab you out of your chair and say, hey, I'm important. Listen to me. I have something to say and something that might resonate with you. And there's a lot for you to grab onto. Obviously, like the fundamentals of songwriting are, you know, melody and lyric, but I try really hard in my songs to make them interesting from the beginning to the end and not just, I I try to really put my foot in everything I do, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Gotcha. And like, I could tell you really love music because Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, when, when I ask that question, you know, it's just simple. Oh, I fell in love with music, blah, blah, blah. But you, you actually dissected each thing to where I could tell you have a strong education in music. So, <laughs> like, so you say you went to a music school for college. Mm-hmm. What school did you go to? Um, I don't like to tell people all the time, but I went to Berkeley. Oh, okay. See, yeah. I, I wanted to go to Berkeley, but I ended mm-hmm. up in wholesale. Nothing wrong with full sale. You bet you have way less debt. 
Uh, <laughs> that's a whole never conversation right <laughs> yeah yeah so um but you know um i my dad was a uh in a band mm-hmm. and then my dad was a dj so me growing up i almost had the same experience you know with the 70s and 80s but mine more so was like the funk mm-hmm. you know i was that's why I, you know like parliament like that kind of funk yes parliament's yes. line the family stone yep uh-huh. i had that too i love me some parliament i was in a parliament uh ensemble in school so you know um even like just recently i put out a a funk mixtape to where mm-hmm. people like you're so young and what do you know about this i said i know a lot more than what you think yeah you know um Technically, I'm an 80s baby, but we're going to say I'm a 90s baby. Okay. Because okay. I was born 89, so, you know, I'm right on the cusp, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I was growing up with the, uh, you know, the pop and the, uh, I, I, this is going to sound weird, but I was listening to, you know, like, Christina Aguilera. That's I, fine. I so was to- I. I listen to In Sync. I listen to 98 Degrees. Yeah. Backstreet Boys. That stuff Uh, was hard to miss. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) even people who don't really care for pop, like, you know those songs because they marketed the hell out of them and they were everywhere. And it was before the internet when you could go. I mean, obviously, people were still, like, going to record stores and searching through crates and whatnot. but, But it was before streaming where you could really just be in your own little niche, which with what you listen to. I mean, you, you couldn't miss Christina Aguilera in the 90s. Jingy the Bottle was my jam. Uh, Great song. <laughs> like, that was my jam. Like, I think, and that was actually the first concert I went mm. to. It was a Christina Aguilera, Pink, uh, uh, Montel Jordan, Destiny mm-hmm. Chow, um, um, Cargo Santana. Oh, wow. And it was kind of weird the way they ended it. They had bone fills and harmony. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't make sense. But it made sense to me because I was like, ooh, all my favorite people all in one place. And I, yeah, so I was only nine. So, mm-hmm. you know, going to that concert, you know, I was like, ooh, I love this music. Like, um, you know, uh, I I don't know. Pink was just something different for me with pink. I don't know. Pink is I gravitated to pink automatically. I don't know why. Right. Um, and then I used to listen to like Creed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I again to- another one that was hard to miss. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. Um, Biscuit. I was I was all in. So people, you know, me growing up. Like, what kind of music you into? I was like, hey, don't judge me. I love music, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm not just, you know, even till today, you know, I don't just listen to one type of music. I listen to everything, you know, because I took a music appreciation class to, you know, get a better understanding of all types of music. I might fall asleep to some classical music. You never know. Mm -hmm. But you know, um, it I think, you know, music is just such universal to where it's it's wonderful to where you have 
like I guess I, I feel like I could sit here and talk to you all day about <laughs> different music. And then when you said Disney music, I was like, yes, because I grew up listening to the soundtracks from, uh, well, I grew up listening to Goofy movie soundtrack. Oh, I love that soundtrack. <laughs> I say that's the best. I, I still say it's the best Disney soundtrack ever. That's me. Interesting. Interesting perspective. Yeah, that that I don't know why, but and then um, I mean, it was very it's a I love that soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. It's very different from the rest of the Disney catalog. Um, but I feel you on it's those songs are great. Exactly. You know, um, I still play um stand out. Yes, <laughs> yes, I still play stand out like in my RB mixes. It's like, what song is that? Oh, so y'all know nothing about the goofy movie? Am I the only one that knows about the goofy movie? But yeah, you know, man, eye to eye. And you know, songs like that, you know, um I, I loved. And then the newer age Disney movies with you know, like uh Lemonade Mouth. I mm-hmm. love Lemonade Mouth. I don't know why. I was I was already in my twenties, but I still love Lemonade Mouth. Like mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. You know, it, it gets. Like I said, I just love music. You know, I, I think that's why I have such a passion behind it, and that made me get into the f- industry that I am in now because mm-hmm. I do produce not as much as I want to anymore, but I do. Um, I, I played the drums, I played the keyboard, and I did all that. And then I started, you know, rapping, and I started DJing. So I do everything I can when it comes to music. So, you know, it's, like I said, with you, I hear that same passion when you, just, just your opening statement, like I just heard the passion, and then when I heard you the other day, I was like, yo, like, I want to connect with her. And what I do immediately after the thing, I say, hey, hey, we got to set up an interview. Boom, boom, boom. Because, like, I knew when I first heard you speak and when you're like, like, I'm going to be like a female version of DJ Calvin, Calvin Harris. I was like, cool. And then I heard the song. I was like, oh, the song is dope. And that's why I was like, I couldn't speak to you at the moment, mm-hmm. but I was like, let me come off the mic at some point because I had to let you know, like, that song was dope. And I Thank was like, you. Thank so, you so and I'm so glad you you reached out. You know, I'm, I'm really happy we're getting to have this conversation. Yes, yes. Because like I said, you know, um, for somebody, I could actually have a conversation about Disney movies soundtracks with I, I feel all right like because oh, yeah. <laughs> like I said you know a lot of people um me growing up watching Disney movies and, you know they're like why are you singing and watching because I really wasn't even watching it for the movies I was watching it for the music like, I mean but I that's one of the brilliant things about Disney is that they're so inseparable you know, there was um, a composer, or a, I think he was a lyricist, um, Howard Ashman, who kind of revitalized the Disney brand or the Disney movie brand. And basically he was talking about, we have to treat these songs like they're just as important to the plot as the plot. Be- and if we have to make these movies in where if you take the songs out, the movies don't make sense. 
And mm. that was such the brilliance that really brought Disney back to life in a time that it was, that's what they call it the Disney Renaissance, um, is that the music of Howard Ashman and, um, oh my gosh, I'm so upset that I can't remember the other guy's name who is like my music hero, but there were two of them. It was Howard Ashman and, and another person, but people who know, known, you know, as they say, the, the ones who get it, get it, and the ones that don't, don't. But they really revitalized Disney in that the songs they brought, they were bringing to the table were just they they couldn't compete or the rest of the animated movie makers at the time couldn't compete with what was going on exactly you know and then when you could take disney songs and turn them into like a whole twerk song mm-hmm. oh, you know they did a whistle while you twerk whistle while you work i was like oh okay hey you know go ahead and do that you know <laughs> um so it, it was just like okay but you know um lion king they had a you know a great uh soundtrack you know i that one of my favorite songs off of there was oh i just can't wait to be king right like, i still right. love that song you know yeah um so it's just like Disney really opened my eyes to a lot of music. Yeah. And, you know, uh, now don't get mad because I never watched Little Mermaid. So, um, that's okay. Yeah, it'll we, be there for you whenever you want to <laughs> dive into it. Right. When you were talking about the song earlier, I was like, yep, uh huh. That song. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think most people have, you know, a quote unquote classic Disney movie or two that they just missed in their childhood, but um but yeah if you want to check it out the music is lit um the message is trash but the music is lit (laughs) gotcha okay 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 yeah and it's essentially about a little girl who decides to leave everything she's ever known her family her her species to uh go hang out with a guy who she's only seen once and she's never talked to them and gives everything up so the message is terrible but the (laughs) music is wonderful gotcha and you know like you said if it wasn't for the music, the movies wouldn't be as so successful. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I feel like um, Pinocchio wouldn't have been as big if they didn't have the music behind it. Yeah. You know? Um, see, I could talk about Disney movies all day. I know. We should probably just <laughs> stop it because like, I literally could talk about Disney like all day, all, all day long. So, okay, let's get into your music. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, do that. So, okay. How did you, how did you, okay, let me see how I want to work this. When was it when you were like, okay, this is what I want to do? I know you said when you fell in love with it, but mm-hmm. now I'm asking when you're like, okay, this is what I want to do full time. Like, you know, I want to go to school for it and all this stuff. So I was one of those overscheduled kids. I was one of those kids that like always had, you know, never really had a break. Like if it wasn't music, it was basketball, volleyball, softball, um, soccer, and then, you know, dance classes. And just, I was very overscheduled. Um, And over the years, you know, things fall off. You decide, you know, I don't really want to play soccer anymore. I don't really want to play basketball anymore. And the thing that never fell away or the love that never fell away was my love for music. 
And I think at some point I just realized I've, I don't want to give this up. I don't want to, you know, turn 18 and be like, bye music. Nice knowing you, you know what I mean? Like I wanted to, I just wanted to continue to grow in my skills and figure out how to make it into a career. And so I think that's when I, the thing is, is that I never decided well, I mean, I guess at some point when you decide where you want to go to college, I started looking at music programs. So that's, I guess, when I decided that that's what I wanted to do. But it was really just more about this is a thing that's always been a part of my life. This is a thing that's a, that I've always loved. I don't feel like I need to course correct. You know what I mean? I don't feel like I need to go any different direction. I love this. Why would I do anything but keep doing it? And obviously there's you know, practical concerns and all that kind of stuff. But I was kind of like, if I can keep doing music, why would I not? Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so that goes to my next question. If you could do music, what mm-hmm. would you be doing? If I couldn't do music? Yeah, if you could if you can do music in any type of capacity, what would you be doing? Um, probably a lot of crying, um, probably a lot of crying and laying in bed wondering like, what the hell am I supposed to do with my life? Um, but honestly, if I wasn't doing music, I probably would have gone to school to do psychology. I probably would have been a psychologist. Okay. 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 All right. So how did you, uh, say, okay, you're going to do, you're going to be more of a create a person when it comes to the writing process and uh, um, and letting other people do your your music for you like well I wouldn't I wouldn't phrase it as other people doing my music for me so okay so how would you phrase it um I would phrase it as I collaborate a lot And I think you might just be referring to the fact that other people are singing my music. I feel like that's probably what might be what you might be referring to. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the way I decided that was that I never loved singing. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like singing is cool. Like it's fun. But I was I was never going to be the person who was going to practice getting a song right with the drive and the passion that people who love to sing will do, you know? Um, I've always loved music, but there's so many different parts of, there's so many different ways to be a musician and there's so many different ways to make music. And my thing was, I mean, it's similar to piano. Like I've been playing piano since I was five. I love playing piano, but I knew I didn't want to be a professional pianist because I was not the person who wanted to sit at a piano and practice for five hours a day. And that's no, that's, you know, if that's who you are, that's beautiful. And there are people who are working, performing musicians who make great money gigging a lot or, you know, playing in symphony orchestras. Um, And that's wonderful, but that's not where my joy is essentially. My joy is not in being the singer and my joy is not in playing the piano for the sake of, for for the purpose of performing. My joy is in using my gifts as a pianist and a vocalist to further the gift that I enjoy the most, which is where I find my most joy, which is songwriting and then vocal production and then production as well. Gotcha, gotcha. And don't get me wrong, like, you know, I could play you a, you know, a Beethoven song right now, or I could play you something by Miles Davis, but at the same time, 
that's wonderful skills for me to have. And it's a wonderful vocabulary for me to use and incorporate into my own music. But playing to play and singing to sing is not what lights me up with music. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So um, with the songwriting, like how is your process songwriting? Because, you know, a lot of different people um, have a different type of creative process to where Mm -hmm. they're writing with no music Mm -hmm. or they have the music already and then they're writing to it. So mm-hmm. how's your creative process? So I think a lot of my songs get written in a lot of different ways. So sometimes I'll just be going about my business of life in the grocery store or whatever. And sometimes something will just pop into my head. You know, Mary had a little lamb. Pretend that's an original song. So that'll just pop into my head and I'll, I'll record it in a voice memo on my phone or write down the lyrics. And then I will think, okay, when I'm ready to go and like write for real, I'm gonna come back to this and flesh it out. Um, So sometimes it happens that way. Sometimes um, it doesn't happen as much anymore, but a lot of times um, songs have started over the years where I'd just be playing piano for fun and I would come up with something kind of interesting and I'd be like, huh, that's a cool rhythm or that's a cool chord progression. Let me see if I can do a little something more with that and then try and put um, a melody on top or lyrics and a melody on top that I could sing and then the song would develop from there. Um, To be honest, some of my favorite songs that I've written come out of conversations where I'll go into a writing session with somebody and we'll start having a conversation with about something and the conversation will become the song and it will become, we should really put that down. Like we should really write about that. And then we'll dig deeper into the conversation and how it, something made us feel. And then the conversation will become the song. And then sometimes, and, and that can happen when there's music attached already or no music attached and we start writing from scratch. Um, and then sometimes there's a track that I'm writing to, whether it's by myself or with other people And it's called top lining when you have the track already and you add the quote unquote top line, which is the lyric and the melody. And people, you know, me or other people will just sing a bunch of melodies and then we'll figure out, okay, we like this melody, we like this melody, we like this melody and arrange where we want those melodies to go in the song and then put lyrics to them. So songs happen in a variety of different ways. But I think what works best for me is just to stay open and stay flexible and understand that it doesn't have to work one specific way and just be open to however the song shows up. Gotcha. Now, that last uh, scenario where you were talking about the top line, Mm -hmm. I really don't ever hear people talk about the top line. uh, You know, I, I'm around. I'm around a lot of artists. I'm, you know, like I say, I'm an artist myself. Mm-hmm. And even even when I'm doing my stuff, you know, I do that mostly all the time. You know, I let the track play and just hum out a melody, and then just go back and you know do that that way. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you talk about the top line, I'm like, oh, see. Like I said, she really know her stuff. <laughs> you know, because like I said, a lot of artists don't know what the top line is. They just mm-hmm. like, oh, I just go in, you know, and uh, let the track play and I'm going to write to it. 
Yeah, or, I mean, but that's what top lining is when you have a track and then you just you write to the music that's already been created. Yeah, well, they don't use the term top line. Mm, okay. So, yeah, so that's what I was saying. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, y'all really don't know what y'all doing, but y'all know what y'all doing, but y'all don't know what y'all doing. Right. So you know, um, yeah, like I mean, see. I like this conversation already. <laughs> uh, so, uh, when you when you're uh, with your songwriting, are you open to all genres, or are you try to stick to a genre? What, what what is it? So I'm definitely open to almost any genre. What I've found over the years in learning myself as a musician and learning myself as a as a writer and producer is that I think I do really well and I enjoy most doing pop music. But, you know, I have R&B songs in my catalog. I was in a rock band for a while. Like, I, I think when you love music, you can find something great in every genre um, when you really, really love music. But I think... I'm open to writing in any genre, but I think I enjoy writing pop the most. And I feel like that's my kind of sweet spot. Gotcha, gotcha. So I'm gonna ask a million dollar question. Okay, okay. Disney, have you ever thought about working with Disney? Have I thought about working with Disney? Is the sky blue? Yes. (laughs) Like, so like, have you like pursued that in any type of way? Um, because like I, I can really see like especially with your passion behind Disney music already. Mm-hmm. Like I can really see your music being in a Disney movie. So like Yeah. So like have you tried to pursue that in any type of way? Um, no, not because I'm not interested, just because it's like I don't I wouldn't even know where to start to like <laughs> get my music or get myself in rooms with people who could put me on a Disney project. But if anybody is listening, give me a call, give me a DM. I would love to work for Disney. Love, 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 love. One of like my biggest dreams is to be the music director for a, a Disney princess movie, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would I would love that. You know what? I might be able to connect you with a person that- Please do. You know, uh, that, that's a good thing about linking up with different artists. You never know. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I met the artist last year. He does a lot of work with Disney. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, just, remember, just remember that small people when you make it big. Uh, <laughs> there are no small people. There are no small people. So, all right, let's talk about Crossroads. Okay. I, love, I, I love Crossroads, and yeah. um, tell me the 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 thought process behind Crossroads. Ooh, okay. So if the person I wrote it with is listening, I'm so sorry, girl. I'm about to spill some tea, but I think you're going to spill some tea in your own project. So I think we're okay. <laughs> so I I wrote it with my friend Shawnee, um, Shawnee Echo, uh, S-H-A-W-N-I-I and then Echo E-C-H-O. Um, who's an amazing writer and singer and all things her. Um, out of Atlanta. I wrote it when I lived in Atlanta. And she was going through a really rough patch in her relationship at the time. Um, It was one of those things where it's like, I love him and I'm committed to this relationship, but I don't know if I can 
stay here. I don't know if I can be happy and stay. And that's, you know, again, it was a song out of a conversation. And so we were talking about that. We knew we wanted to write together. So I think we got together for the purpose of writing. Um, and I was just like, okay, so what's, what's going on in your life? And I kind of already known a little bit about what was going on with her relationship, but it was just really weighing on her. And I, I, I really moved me emotionally and I, I really felt for her. And so we wrote this song about I'm at a crossroad, you know, I don't know if I should, what's the words? I'm at a crossroad, don't know which way I should go. I can't go left, I can't go right. It's a catch 22, so I can't decide. I'm here at the crossroad trying to pick a side. Um, and it was really just about her being in a, in a scenario where it's like, if I stay, I feel like I lose. And if I leave, I feel like I lose. So I don't know what to do. Gotcha, gotcha. So, ooh, we that, that was a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so with, with that, with that being said, the song it is it's it, it's gonna it's gonna move a lot of people. Oh, I hope so. Because when I heard it, you know, I was like, oh yeah, like I don't know if I said it on on the call with y'all or I waited till after the call. Mm-hmm. I said a lot of those songs that I heard that day, I had to really just kind of listen to the words without the music. Mm-hmm. And that's why I do with all music. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I listen to yours, because when you sent it to me the other day, mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, listened to it on SoundCloud, but I really had to listen to it. Really, really listen to it. I was like, this is deep. This is yeah. real deep. It's life, man. Yeah. Life, life is deep sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it, it, you know, a lot of people, well, let me say it like this. I don't know. And I don't know why in the industry is like this. Mm-hmm. But for men, it's harder for us to be more vulnerable in the situations to express how we feel in song. Mm-hmm. With women, it's easier, and but it can relate to both, you know. Yeah. And I'm just like, yo, like, ooh, it hit me. It hit me. Like, mm-hmm. and I was just like, okay, you know, um, like when I first heard the song, when you first played it for us, I was like, yo, this is dope. But I was just listening to it as a you know, just as a consumer, not really just really digesting it yet. But yeah. I love the song already. So when you sent it to me, I was like, let me really listen to this. And I was like, yo, this is this is good. So like I commend y'all for doing that. I I might not like the situation that she was in because yeah. we all go through the situation and you know, we all have that crossroads, but for her to, you know, really open up to it. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, com- coming out of a, just of a conversation. Yeah. Um, is, is very, I, like I said, I commend y'all. Thank you. And, you know, to her credit, you know, she was really vulnerable with me in that session. And I think great art requires great vulnerability. Exactly. And so it, I, you know, 
claps to Shani for allowing me to allowing herself to share that part of herself with me. I really appreciated that. And I think we made something really beautiful out of it. But, you know, I, again, you, I feel like in any medium, whether you're a painter or a sculptor or, you know, any kind of art form or making movies or an actor, um, I feel like any kind of art form to really do it at the highest level requires great vulnerability. And I feel like, you know, we can talk more about this later, but I feel like that's part of what's missing in a lot of music out today is that it doesn't really feel like it's coming, you know, it doesn't really feel like people are digging too deep to get to the art. And I'm not saying that every song has to be like deep as hell, like everything don't have to be Shakespeare, but even in, you know, a fun party song or any kind of song, you can still have vulnerable moments. Yeah, have vulnerable moments and be coming from a vulnerable place. And I feel like that's how great art is made. And it's so funny that you mentioned that, you know, the the male-female dynamic thing, because I get so much positive feedback on Crossroads specifically from men. And mm. it's so interesting to me because we, you know, two women wrote it. And we wrote it from, you know, a somewhat female perspective, even though I think there's a universal message in the song. But it's just so funny to me how men are always like, every time men are like, that's the one I really like. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, um, like I tell you, I'm an artist as well, but I'm a, I'm a gospel rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, when I got into doing music, I was doing the music for the youth, you know, mm-hmm. um, to where I wasn't really worried about, I, I was worried about them getting a message behind the music, but I wasn't worried about them hearing my, like, my life message. I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I didn't want to get vulnerable, you know, right. and, uh, because I let, you know what? You go bring it out of me. But uh <laughs> okay. let's get into it. Let's get so, real. So for those who don't know, I'm legally blind. Mm-hmm. So I have a whole lot of stuff that I built up over the years to mm-hmm. where people are like, well, you need to let let the world know what you go through in your music. I said, No, I'm not ready for that. I'm I'm not, and I think because I didn't want to be the spokesperson for people with disability. Right. So I didn't take on that role. Mm-hmm. Now, this music that I'm putting out, that I'm about to put out this year, is probably been the most vulnerable music I've ever done. Mm. Um, to where I took my last five years of my life and I put it all in one project. Mm-hmm. And to the point where I'm writing, I'm recording while crying. Mm. And, you know, it was just like a lot of people like you're now, now you're showing your vulnerable side. Now you're being transparent with the world. You're not just this gospel rapper catering to the kids, trying to, you know, get a message across to them in a way that they understand. Now you you're maturing in your music to where they're going to actually listen to what you're saying. And, yeah. you know, um, one of the artists I had a conversation with before, we were talking about 
like I said, men don't want to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I was telling him, I said, I wrote a song where I'm literally in the booth recording it, just boo-hooing, because, like, I was like, I didn't, it was more so therapeutic for me. Yeah. But not knowing it's going to help somebody along the way. Yeah. And I feel like, like I said, music is so universal to where you can speak to many people not knowing your story is going to help somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, like I said, with her being so vulnerable with that song Crossroads and you're able to, I would say, pick apart what she wanted to say, but not really knowing how to say it. Yeah. You know, for you to do that was great. And y'all made a great collaboration. The song is great. I love it. And yes. Thank you. Thank you very yes. much. So I want to ask you this. Yes. With this conversation that we're having, you said we we're ba- you based your, you know, most of your songs off of just conversation. Mm-hmm. How would a song between me and you go <laughs> if you had to write a song for me? And just based off of this conversation that we've had so far. Um, I would probably write a song about new beginnings and new friendships. You know, we've never had a one-on-one conversation before. So I would probably write something about how fun and exciting and refreshing and lovely it can be when you meet someone for the first time and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is really cool. And we talked and it was great. Like, you know, I think I would probably write something like that. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. I put you on the spot. You never know what happens on the show. <laughs> so, okay. Now let's go into the, um, the production side because <laughs> you, you produce as well, right? I do. So, um, how is it with, with that being said, because you have a, you, you know, you have a producer then you have the engineer and I feel like you're both. And, you know, um, how is that when you're going? Now, let me ask you this. Are you going, do you have your own studio or are you going into somebody else's studio work? Um, I think a lot of people just have home studios now, even though I have been to a studio with people. So when I do production stuff, most of the time it's, um, you know, I'll do it at home just on my computer. Um, and then a lot of times what I do with production is I collaborate. And so, first of all, Anyone who play, who plays piano knows this. If you're a pianist, you low-key are a producer, um, especially if you're a good pianist, because so much of what being a good pianist is, is taking a song and, and creating an arrangement out of it and saying, okay, I want to do these things on this part and these things on this part. And that's just easier to communicate when you already play piano. And so a lot of times when I'm producing, I will start it off on my, just with my own, on my own, on, you know, logic and whatnot. And then a lot of times what I like to do is I like to uh, collaborate on production a lot because there's some things that are just not my strengths and some things that are. And so I try and add what I do well mixed with what other people do well to come up with productions that sound really good. Gotcha, gotcha. And you, I was going to ask you what software, but you already said you logic. Yes, I'm a logic and Pro Tools girl, soon to be an Ableton girl, but we'll, we, we're getting there. Yeah. Ableton. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't. I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't really grasp Ableton. I I do 
when I started production and stuff, I was on Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. Going full sale, it made us use Logic. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm both, but mm-hmm. uh, they try to have us use Ableton as well, but I just was, I don't know, I just couldn't, it wasn't me. It wasn't it's all right. Me. Different strokes for different folks, as they say. Yeah. So, you know, gets the job done. Um, you like I said, growing up, I I use Pro Tools, I use FL Studios, I use uh Reasons, and I had uh my best friend he had a a, a native instrument uh machine, mm-hmm. and that, that's all we did our music on. Mm-hmm. So um, but uh now is I'm more I rather. I hear something in my head and I'd rather tell somebody how to do it. And then if it's close to it, cool. If not, I'll go find somebody to do it for. Me. So, okay. but yeah, I, I don't think I have the patience anymore to actually sit down and produce my own music. Cause yeah. That's all right. Yeah. So, I mean, music, at the end of the day, music is collaborative. So, However, we get the thing across the finish line, no matter how many people it takes. Music is a collaborative process. You know? Exactly, exactly. So, I know you say you have a project coming out. I do. So, tell us about the project. Oh, I'm so excited about the project. Um, so, again, like we mentioned earlier, um, female DJ Khaled type of thing. It's all songs that I have contributed on to the writing and the production, and it's all different singers. And I haven't revealed the title yet because I'm kind of excited to reveal it. But if you are a person who's ever been in love, if you're someone who has loved and lost, if you are someone who has struggled with love, um, fought for love, fought in love, um, you know, that this project is for you. You know, it's a, it's a love-based project. Gotcha. Now I'm excited to hear the, the name. Like, yeah, I want to know the name. Uh, <laughs> so when, when is the project going to come out? So I don't want to say for certain, just because, you know, who knows, things, unforeseen circumstances happen, but it is coming soon. Um, definitely within the next few months for, for absolutely sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I'll definitely let you know when it's, when it's coming, when I have a date and when it's out. Yes, please do, please do. Um, so, um, with with the project, mm-hmm. do you have any? Um, I guess I can say like major artists that you worked with on this project, or um, it depends on what you mean by major. But if you mean people signed to major labels, yes. I don't. I have to think about it, but I don't think so. Um. I, don't, I have to think about it, but I don't, I don't think anyone assigned to a major who I'm working with on this, but I've got some really, really talented people on it. Um, from the writers I'm working with, to the producers I'm working with, to the singers, they're just, I, I try my best to work with top-notch people. Um, and I'm, I'm really, like any, anybody who collaborated with me on any one of the songs, I feel just as fired up about them as anyone signed to a major. You know, even, you heard me like gush about Shawnee. Yeah. <laughs> you like Shawnee's so great. She's a great singer, great writer, and all these things. Like I feel that way about all the people who I worked with on this project. Like I'm just really, I think I've just uh, uh, grouped together a really great 
collective of creative people. So I'm really excited about sharing it with the world. Nice, nice. So does Crossroads, does it have visual? No, it doesn't. Do you think I should do one? Uh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> you tell me, you tell me, what do you think the, the visual for Crossroads should be? Oh, oh, uh, don't ask me about video concepts because I'm still trying to figure out my video concepts. Fair, fair point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm thinking about doing some visual stuff. Um, and I might even, I mean, who knows? I might even just poll the people and be like, which one of these do you guys want a video for? And see, see what the people want. You gotta exactly. give the people what they want, as they say. Exactly, exactly. And you know, people love visuals, and you they know, do. um, and and I think that's why uh, social media is a big part of yeah. the artists today because they have so much content that they could put out, um, not just for as their music, but just letting the people get to see what they do on an everyday basis. That's true. That's true. Um, you know, Instagram's kind of changed that with, you know, the stories and now it's on Facebook with the stories to where, you know, you can see what's going on in a minute, in 30 seconds with that artist. You know, um, I had an artist because uh, I just came from South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had an artist uh, out there and we we're talking and we we're like, she was like, you need to be more visible like mm-hmm. on on social media she's like you're promote your your station stuff but you're not promoting yourself as an artist i said okay so so it seems like you know you have three cds out no videos mm-hmm. you don't you know you don't have that personal connection with your audience because you you really don't have like you know stories out of you you really just you drop a single and that's it you promote the mess out of it and I was Mm -hmm. like yeah I do but she's like but people want to know who you are Mm -hmm. so yesterday I think I did a video on Instagram for the first time and I don't know when and everyone's like what you on social media doing videos I was like yeah yeah, I might as well go ahead and do it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, visuals is, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I say Crossroads needs to have a visual ASAP. Okay. Well, I'm, ASAP. I might just do that then. Yeah, so um, with the project coming out, is it, um, is it mainly, it, is it a mixture of stuff, like of different genres, or is it a predominantly one genre that we? Um, do? it it's pretty much a pop project. Okay, 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 coolio, coolio, coolio. So, um, yeah, it, it's I'm excited to listen to it. Like yeah. you know, um, I want to, we want the exclusive here at the station first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Um. Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, it, it just to hear music that you can relate to. Yeah, you know. Um, and for me, I'm an R&B lover. 
I, mm-hmm. I love R&B. That's my passion is R&B. But um, when you can relate to other music outside of a genre that you're passionate about, it's just like, yes, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and some of them, a few of the songs kind of toe the line. I mean, even Crossroad, which is going to be on it, is it's a it, to me it feels like an r&b song but a lot of people have said it feels like a pop song and obviously pop is a moving target so it's kind of like what is pop really and i actually on my website i have a a blog post about what pop is if you if anyone's interested in checking that out um jessicalois.com and then you can just go to the i think it's like the blog section of it and you can read an article i wrote on what is pop um because pop the sound of what pop is is always changing because pop just stands for popular really if we're if we're being real about it at this point hip hop is pop but so there are some songs that will feel more quote unquote like traditional pop and some that feel more like pop mixed with something else, which I think is kind of what Crossroad is. It's like a pop and B type of vibe. Um, but yeah, it's it's mostly a pop project. And, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that like with the hip hop being pop because some of the record pulls that I'm in, you know, being a DJ and I could go under a genre of like a, uh, search by genre and I could pull up pop and I'm like oh they consider that pop Megan Thee Stallion oh. yeah I mean if again if pop is short for popular yeah. hip hop is the most popular genre right now even though you know I'm sure uh, you know the next wave of things whatever comes up after hip hop will be different and then we'll be calling that pop but hip hop has dominated the the most popular chart of the past you know 10 20 really maybe 10 ish 20 ish years um even though we do have a pop category which sounds different than hip-hop hip-hop has influenced everything at this point i mean hip-hop has influenced country you know mm-hmm. 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 you know y'all was it country hop whatever they call it i don't yeah. know yeah but yeah uh yeah because especially down here in texas you know everybody is doing like a type of country rap yeah everybody's trying to be little nas x exactly exactly you know um now don't get me wrong some of the music is some 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 is good i mean i'm sure some of it a lot of it is good you know interesting to me the way a genre that was so like the black sheep of the, I mean, literally of the music family, like the industry tried to be like, this is a trend, it'll go away and we don't want our kids listening to it and blah, 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 blah. Sorry about that. Um, But uh, it's just so interesting to me that this genre really came out the mud and dominated the entire music landscape, which, you know, that's what black people do. But (laughs) it's it's just cool to me how, this genre that was so snubbed by the traditional, you know, markers of, by the gatekeepers, I guess, has now become the most popular genre in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty cool. And, you know, it, it's weird because I remember people was like, hey, you should do like a country type song. I was like, no, I want to do no country type. They're like, you're from San Antonio. How more country can you get? I was like, I was like, no, I want to do one. Now I'm like, Maybe I should have done one when they said it, cause yeah, you know it, you know it, it started to pick up, and it was just like oh, so you know, um, and everybody's jumping on board, and yeah. so um, I mean, I think 
think at the end of the day, you got to f- do what, or you should do what feels authentic to you, right? Like you, you, I think it's really important in art to do what's authentic to you. And if you want to experiment with things that are new, you can do that as long as you're bringing your authentic- authenticity to it and not trying to put on, you know, a, a whole different whatever. You know what I mean? Like you still got, I, if I'm going to do a country song, it's going to be a Jessica Lois type of country song. It's not going to be me pretending to be Carrie Underwood or me trying to be Miranda Lambert or whoever. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, um, it's weird because, you know, Lil Nas X came out and then we had this one uh, person, I ain't going to say his name, well, mm-hmm. San Antonio do some something similar to mm-hmm. him, and it was like, "Oh, you're just trying to be Lil Nas X because it sounded just like him." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "No, nah, but this is what I've been doing for years." But you can't prove that because all the music you've done years prior had no type of right sound like this. Right. So yeah, it. I, you know, a lot of people do it, you know, to uh, to try and chase trends. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I always remember a uh, a interview and I brought this up to uh, another artist, an interview with Jay, not Jay, okay, uh, Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when he did blame it on alcohol, mm-hmm. he was like, I never wanted to use autotune, mm-hmm. but autotune was hot at the moment. Right. So that's what the industry wanted. So right. when I did a song, I wasn't comfortable doing it, but not knowing that would be one of my biggest songs. Yeah. But I think even in that song, he brought himself to it, you know, and it might've been something where at the time he didn't want to, but you can make the argument with that song that he was stretching maybe a little out of his comfort zone, but he brought himself to the song, you know, as opposed to literally trying to just wear somebody else's whole situation, you know, like Mm -hmm. auto-tune is a tool, you know what I mean? It's not, uh, the auto, uh, the artistry is not auto-tune. Auto-tune is a tool to create things and and have different ways of doing your artistry you know and it it still felt like he brought his art artistry to the song yes 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 and you know um it a lot of people don't know a lot of people do use autotune but it's not as effective like how t-pain uses it Mm -hmm. you know um i remember Kanye West said he used it on graduation album mm-hmm. on 99% of the songs. Yeah. But a lot of people didn't know because the way he used it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, uh, like you said, it's a tool. It's just how different people use it. And, right. you know, uh, to make it authentic for themselves. Right. So, um, yeah that I guess you know it it just shows you know a lot of like you said follow the trend Mm -hmm. but if you follow the trend how are you making it now become your trend 
Because I, I remember when uh, NSYNC came out with Dirty Pop. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this song. But I really didn't consider it. I don't know why I consider that whole album an R&B album. I don't know why. I, I don't I mean, know. they were very, I mean, they all have talked about how a lot of their influences individually were R&B influences. I mean, Justin Timberlake talks all the time about how Marvin Gaye is one of his biggest influences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and a lot of the way they were singing, even though they were clearly doing pop music, a lot of like the runs they were doing and, you know, part of that is just whatever came natural to them. And I'm sure part of that was vocal production by Max Martin and just being coached to sing a certain way. So many, of, so much of that was, you could call it biting from 90s R&B at the time, or you could just call it like if you grow up as R&B, as uh, Marvin Gaye is your favorite singer, you're going to take little bits of him and the rest of your influences and it's going to come out in the way that you sing and the way that you write and the way that you you do your art. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, um, I think that's where I really, you know, um, well, I, I'm I'm not gonna show my age. Well, I already told my age earlier, <laughs> but uh, like I remember when I think it was Britney Spears, it was Justin Timberlake, and I want to say Christina Aguilera was on there too, but I'm, don't quote me on that. But mm-hmm. um, on the Mickey Mouse Club, <laughs> yeah. So you know, I think that's why I fell in love with them as you know people on there and then I was like oh when they came out with music I know them like mm-hmm. you know so it was just like okay um so you know like it, it with Justin you know his music evolved right um yeah like I said Mickey Mouse Club to NSYNC to you know when he first became a solo artist it was just like like who is this dude and like where where has he been because like you know he changed the game for for me personally I, I feel like this is my personal opinion he changed the game for male pop singers like when it came because at that time you had Justin Timberlake you had um what's that other boy name uh Aaron Carter <laughs> yeah, uh, <I> remember. <laughs> and uh, you know, you have people like them, but because of the production with Justin Timberlake's sound that he had, you know, at first he was, you know, with Pharrell, then he went with Timberland, mm-hmm. and I think because that was like my main two producers, well, top two out of my top three producers. Mm-hmm that I grew up listening, really listening to, I was like, okay, let's see what he could do, like, what they could do with this boy here. Right. And, you know, listening to him and keep, you know, from Justified to, I uh, can't think of his second project or his third project. Name. Future Sex Love Sounds. Yeah, that one. And, and, and then uh, Man in the Woods. There you go. Yeah, and then 2020 Vision. Oh yes, and see, but see, I don't even put that in. I put twenty twenty vision experience in a whole different category because okay. that that project itself, I felt like opened up a lot more doors for him. 
Um, you know, he already had, you know, crossed over, you know, to the black side, like I like to call it, when he did Future Love, Sex, Sound, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that 2020 experience, I remember my dad bought that album. Yeah, that's and, a great album. You know, it was just like that whole, it, it, like he said, it was an experience. Mm-hmm. And I loved that that. I still rock that CD to this day. It's a, um, it's a wonderful, like, yeah. it's a great album. Yes, and then um, I still watched the the concert. He not It wasn't the 2020 Experience concert. It was actually the... Um, Is it the one that was on Netflix for a while? Or it was on either Netflix or HBO, I can't remember. That, that's the one, that, that's the 2020 Experience. That's the one okay. you're talking about. But it was the one... Uh, from Justified, mm-hmm. no, 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 it was the Future Love Sex Sound uh, tour because mm-hmm. I remember Timbaland was on there and they were talking about like his experience working with Justin and um, it was at Madison Square Garden. That's how I remember. And, you know, uh, looking at his story behind the scenes on that tour and it really made me respect him more because he wasn't trying to he wasn't trying to force himself into the black community mm-hmm. that was just him and that's what made him authentic because of the fact that he was just being himself and then us as black people gravitated to him so you know um, I like I said. Now, when he did "Man in the Woods," that was not one of my favorite series. I didn't like that. Yeah, I think in between the 2020 experience and "Man in the Woods," I think a lot was starting to come. I don't even want to say come to light, but like, I think a lot of light was starting to being starting to get shed on problems within our society, and he's got some skeletons in his closet. And I think more people were starting to really take a second look at that and examine it more closely. And I think that's part of why Man in the Woods didn't do as well as his other albums is that in between the 2020 experience and Man in the Woods, we started to be like, um, let's re-examine that Janet Jackson Super Bowl performance. Um, let's re-examine what happened after he and Britney uh, broke up. Um, let's examine some of these quotes he has talking about blackness and his relationship to it from uh from late night talk shows and whatnot from from yesteryear like i think we started to really interrogate him more um because for a while yeah it was almost like he had the quote-unquote invite to the cookout and then (laughs) it started to become like wait a minute should you really be at the cookout in fact the concept of a cookout is maybe something that we need to get rid of and so i think people started to have more of those conversations um and so i think you know that that is also part of what happened but Anyways, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, I told you, I, see, this whole co- in conversation went somewhere else because I told you I could talk to you for days about stuff. No, if only we had, if only we yes. had uh, hours. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but like I said, um, I really appreciate you sitting down um, with us and talk, well, with me, uh, talking to you, talking, you know, about the, just 
I'm just gonna say the love of music, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, we we we're gonna have to talk more offline because yeah, I feel like we could talk for days about stuff. For sure, for sure. So um before I let you go, do you have any last words that you want? Yeah. Definitely. Um, if anyone's trying to find me for any reason, um, I'm on Instagram at Jessica Lois Music. That's Jessica L L O Y C E Music. Um, Jessica Lois is my music is available for streaming. I would really, really love it if everyone could check out the latest single that I dropped last month in February. Um, if you could check it out, it's called What Are We All Doing? If you're somebody who sometimes feel like the world is moving backwards and sometimes you're on the train with it just watch or just watching the train go backwards and it's a song about basically what it feels like to feel like the world is on fire and you are using the fire to light your blunt um and so yeah I would really love it if everyone could check out what are we all doing I dropped another single in I think September I want to say of last year called half-hearted and yeah I'm like I said earlier, I'm a black girl that makes pop music in a world that we are very underrepresented in that in that field. And so I just would love it if everyone could check those songs out. Feel free to DM me, interact with me on Instagram. So I'm over there. And yeah, I just I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. And thank you so much for having me today. All right. Well, let people know how they can find you on Instagram. Yeah, just Jessica Lois Music, and then I'll, I'll pop up Jessica L-L-O-Y-C-E Music, and I'm right there. All right, all right. Well, y'all heard. Oh, and also, sorry, my bad. Go and ahead. also, my website is jessicalois.com if anyone wants to check that out. All right, all right. Well, y'all heard it here first, because, yeah, y'all heard it. I love Disney movies. She loves Disney movies. <laughs> Yes. So, um, like I said, we thank you for sitting down, taking the time out because I know it's this world keeps busy. So yes, yes I know. So um, this has been another edition of After the Music Stops, where we bring you your favorite major and independent artists and give you their story behind the music. I'm your host, DJ Cyclops. She's Jessica Lois, and we are out of here. Till next time. All right. Yeah.